Did you know Steph was going to pull up from about 40, play one? Was that, like, talked about? I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> he said it. And I, 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 I didn't take it that serious, but... As soon as he got it, he shot it. I wish you could have saw my face in slow mo. I was like, I was so shocked. But um, man, that's 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 having fun with the game. We're gonna bring y'all into our huddle. You are in. The Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my producer Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, I am fired up to announce that rejoining us, a Castlemont graduate and town native who's been covering various sports since 1985, the foremost authority in the Oakland sports scene and the current and longest tenured Warriors insider for CSN Bay Area, Mr. Monte Poole. What's going on, Monte? Um, I'm, I'm good. I just hope I can live up to your uh, introduction there, man. That sounds like somebody special. I don't think that's me, but I'll do the best I can. I, I try to add like one more platitude every time I introduce you. I'm just going to start making shit up, Monty, just to see whether or not you actually catch it as I'm going forward. I'm warning you. You know, all the ones I just gave okay. were true, but next time, you know, I'll, I'll throw a little something in there. Uh, you ready for a new season, man? You, you fired up to get this thing started or uh, could could you use a little bit of extra time off? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I could use the time because there's still some projects that I put off till summer that uh, are not done. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I guess I'll try and work them in as we get going here. Um, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm fired up. I'd say I'm curious because uh, this is the first time in years that uh, the Warriors will begin a season which there are a lot of questions. Exactly. Uh, in the past few years, it was more or less, oh, hey, you know what? Championship or bust. Yep. Uh, you see what they have. If nobody has a devastating injury, then they'll be fine. And this year you're thinking, um, playoffs are possible, probable if they stay healthy. But uh, we got to see how it plays out. So I'm curious. It is that curiosity and these questions that make you the perfect guest, man. And I mean it. So exactly like you said, we are dealing with more turnover, more transition than Warrior fans have had to deal with, I don't know, since 2016, 2015. And as a man who has been on the ground longer than anybody else, I mean, we're talking more than 30 years, you are the guy to shepherd us through some of this stuff. Um, so let me start this way. I, you, you and I, we've got kind of a chance to know each other. You can now see that I'm a psychopath and I like to overreact to everything. And that's been true. Uh, after the first preseason game, Mati, I'll admit to you, I was freaking out. They don't have any size. They can't defend anybody. There's no roles. And then I slowly realized, look, new team, new roles, new coaching staff, new building, new all around. So here's my first question to you. How many games should we give this team before we really judge where they are and get a sense of how good they are? Uh, oh, my God. That could take that could take half the season. It really could this time. Um, because, you know, when you mentioned no size and, and, and defense and roles, uh, it, size is still an issue. <laughs> and mm-hmm. defense is still an issue. Um, and I don't know how that gets fixed uh, in an instant. Um, when you lose guys like Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, all at once, uh, that's a, that's going to fracture your defense. That's all there is to it. And I don't care how good D'Angelo Russell plays defense. If he's better than expected, that'll help. But you don't have the length that you've had in the past. And so, uh, and then you lose Willie Carly Stein going into training camp. He's going to be out for a few more weeks, it looks like. Come on, Willie's going to be out. So, 
um, I don't see a way around them having to bring in Marquise Chris, which means they're going to have to uh, let somebody else go. Um, but when I look at the roster, it's still a work in progress. Injuries have hurt them going into the preseason. It's still hurting them now. And I just, we know what Steph has. We know what Draymond has. We know what Kloon has when he's healthy. Uh, Jacob Evans looks better than he did last year, which is, you know, a low bar, yes. But he appears to be really comfortable on the court now and making shots. So I like where he's headed. But it's a different deal now. So I don't know if we know what happens, how good the team is going to be before the turn of the year. Before yeah. 2020. Yeah. Uh, there have been a couple of moments, and uh, hopefully nobody's listening to this podcast, Montana. You're the only one who will hear me say this, but there's been a couple of moments during the preseason where a Warrior player will catch the ball, and I immediately think to myself, who the hell is that guy? I mean, there, there have been, you know, the occasional new dudes here where I feel like I should probably know them, but uh, I digress. Let me ask this a different way, man. Um, Marquise Chris. So I've fallen in love with him. Um, he seems to immediately occupy that you know center who can dive to the rim, basically a JaVale McGee role, a guy we desperately need. But it does mean having to give somebody up. So if they came to you, if you were Bob Myers for the day, McKinney, I mean, how, how would you alter this roster to keep Chris on the team? Well, they, they have, they're locked in, kind of. So, I mean, there's only so many ways they can go. And, and I look at uh, Zoe McKinney and say, I mean, he's the obvious guy because he's the easiest guy. Yep. And I know you love wings, and Zoe can play a wing role. But we haven't seen yet what Alec Burst can do. We don't know what he can do. We saw him in the NBA for a few years, and, you know, there was a lot of up and down. There's some nights that's pretty good. Some nights it's like, whoa, he's just okay. Yep. Um, but it's not like you can trade Alec Burks or Glenn Robinson the third. Those guys that you sign as free agency and free agency, so they can't be traded until December. Um, and Zoe's contract isn't fully guaranteed until January. So, you know, if you look at just the, the easiest, easy way out, it's Zoe. Now, what do you lose if you, if you, if you move him, if you decide to trade him or, or, or waive him? Uh, he may be your best offensive rebounder. Hmm. Uh, and, and so, uh, Zoe has that one skill. That's it's, it's valuable, but he, his other skills aren't special. You know, he's an okay shooter. As uh, a defender, he's average. Uh, the one thing he can do that's plus is he can he can hit the glass pretty good, especially on the offensive end. But can he guard bigs? No. And you look at Chris play, and you know I've watched this kid play for a couple of years now. And I keep thinking he must be a head case because he exactly. does nice things on the court. He does nice things on the court. He runs well. He's big. He jumps well. Um, but this is not his fourth team, so there must be something going on. But the Warriors and Steve Kerr said this day said that we think we're getting him at the right time. Uh, yeah, he's had some issues with other teams, but he's been great for us. And maybe he, in Draymond, maybe he's figuring it out. He's not a dumb guy, you know. He, he can talk to to Keith and tell that okay, he's got a brain there, it's functioning, and he can figure things out. Um, his mom is an educator or, or a psychologist, I believe. So. Um, there's a lot going on there, and there's a reason why he was selected eighth overall in 2016, because people saw what he can do. Now, if the Warriors turn around this guy into a reclamation project, on raw skills and athleticism, he could be their best big man on the roster, because he's as athletic as Willie Colley Stein is. He has more basketball skills than me. You see his passing? Yes. He's a good passer. He's a good, better shot blocker than Willie is, uh, better rebounder than Willie is. So, um, 
I don't see how they don't find a way to get him to this on this roster. And in fact, uh, if he's on this roster, I don't see how they don't start the season with him as the starting uh, starting five. I completely agree with you. And as far as his passing ability, what he's already developed is that Zaza pass, that move where you take the ball, yeah. put it through your, your legs, and then you create yourself yep. into a screen, which I love. The other thing I like about him, and I'll admit this to you, I'm a Raiders fan, right? So I, I grew up liking the idea of bringing in another team's problem, somebody who has nothing but upside and skill, but their head or their criminal history, something has held them back. So Marquise Chris, the, the ceiling on his game is so much higher, I think, than we've seen. I love the idea of bringing that lottery ticket in and seeing, you know, maybe maybe it'll come uh, it'll come back as successful. If it was me, I think it would be McKinney, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure what move they'll make. Um, but let me ask you this, man. Here's another one I'm really excited to hear. So, I, you know, Steph. Steph's going to have an amazing year. We, at least that's what we're expecting. We're already hearing MVP rumbles. Take him off, all right? Who's the most important person to this roster right now, to this team's success, not named Steph Curry, in your opinion? Draymond. <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> and I say Draymond because, because he, if you look at the Warriors on paper, you'd say, okay, what do they have to do to be good? They got to defend. You know, and that's, that's probably the biggest question mark on the roster is can they defend well enough to win games? And that ball, they drops the ball in Dray, into Draymond's lap because he's a guy on that team that can defend multiple positions. Uh, if he plays great defense, and believe me, this season, there's going to be a lot of ways to define great. <laughs> if, you don't, if Marquise Chris makes the roster, he's a decent rim protector. But Draymond is obviously an all-world defender, and he needs to be at the top of his game for the Warriors to be competitive in a lot of games. Yep. And so if he plays defense the way he played it in the postseason last April, May, and June, um, there he is. But that's a lot of energy to bring every night, you know, for 82 or even 75 games. It's one thing to bring it, you know, those last six, eight weeks, but it's another thing to bring it for six, eight, six months, five, six months. So uh, to me, yeah, it's Steph and Draymond. And we know what Steph can do. We'll see how, um, how he handles the increased uh, attention. He's always getting attention, but now, you know, I think he's going to get more uh, because you got – you got D'Angelo there, and he's a good player, and he can score. But teams are going to make, going to say, take Steph away, make the other guys beat us. Sure. And that's what I got to see. So, but yeah, if you ask me in order of, of importance, it's it's Steph and it's Draymond, and they're almost one in one A. Uh, and then after that, after that, then it's it's D'Angelo because to me he's the X factor. If D'Angelo is great. Uh, the Warriors can win, and if they're healthy, they can win 48, 49 games. If he's okay on defense and good on offense, you know, you're mid-40s. Uh, I think he can make that much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, to your point, we saw Toronto boxing one Steph Curry in the, you know, in the yeah. finals. So, you know, I don't think you can do that with D'Angelo. I think he's a potent enough scorer that, you know, that, that wouldn't be a successful strategy. But to your point, all eyes are going to be on Draymond being more than a facilitator. It's like, how can you shoulder more responsibility and – can D'Angelo step into that role while Clay is out and be a, a big enough scorer that you can't just focus only on Steph and still um, 
get the win against us. Well, and can Draymond be playoff Draymond during the regular season? Can you recreate that for right. 82 games? And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, be trans, I'll be completely transparent with you, Monty. So before we have a guest on, especially someone like you, I was really fired up to have you on. I'll go back through my questions and kind of get a sense of, you know, what are the good ones? What are the bad ones? And then this is where I really get to be transparent. I will envision your guys' responses, right? So in this one, when I came to this whole who's the most important person, what I thought you were going to be is like, Bram, what a great question. Like I literally, that was the back and forth I thought we were going to have. And instead, uh, what I caught from you was, oh, hella easy, Draymond. So this one didn't go the way I thought it would. You know what I mean? So it, it, it is what it is. I you, man. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you look at this roster and, and – and for people that I've talked to around the league, it's all about, can they defend? Can they defend? That's the biggest question. <laughs> yeah, they can score, but can they defend? And, and to me, Draymond will set the tone for the defense. And if he's, again, it's a lot to ask him to play at the playoff level you saw a few months ago. But if he can approach that level most nights, um, seven, five nights a year, uh, that's that's a huge lift for this team. And I think the better it goes on because people don't understand, I don't think, what you lost. You know, right. and, and KD and, and Andre – and play. Right. I mean, those are all three great wing defenders, and KD can also do some rim protecting. So it's it's a huge loss. It's a huge loss. And so um, I just, that's going to be the question they have to answer before they answer anything else. Can they defend uh, other teams, other really good teams? I mean, for example, when they play Houston and they see Russell Westbrook and James Harden, who takes Harden? Yep. Right, nope. especially nope. with Clay out, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. I mean, the, the I mean, you talked about Jacob Evans, and you know he does look a little bit better. But one of the things we joked yeah. about on this show after the first preseason game, I think it was like the third or fourth time down the floor, and Jacob Evans is still matched up against LeBron, and you slowly realize that's not a defensive switch. That's the matchup we've actually set up, and you realize, my God, we're going to have some defensive problems this year. You know, so of, <laughs> of course yeah. you are right, yeah. um, which actually yeah. leads to this question and I'll be transparent again this is another one where I envisioned you telling me great question so you know lie to me if you need to Monte. you can tell me it's a great question but here's the premise uh, Steve Kerr has had unrivaled success unrivaled he, you know he's, he's been coaching only since 2014 he has three championships he's got a 73 win team I mean he's he's achieved things that no one else has ever sniffed but the other side to that ball is that this roster has always been perfectly suited for his system this year is the first time he will probably have to shift that system to match the roster, which leads to this question. How much does his success this year, will it impact his overall legacy as a Hall of Fame coach? I mean, will you be looking at his, his moves and how he's able to change the system when you're looking back at his overall legacy as a coach? I think we have to. Um, you know, I talked to Steve about this a couple weeks ago. And the, the quote that stands out is, I have to coach. And it sounds simple and, and, and plain, but um, what I hear when he says that is the last few seasons, he's been doing more managing than coaching. And, and there's a difference. You know, when you manage a roster, that means, you know, delegating time. That means dealing with personalities, dealing with um, – things that may not even involve putting the ball in the basket or stopping at a team to put the ball in the basket. Yep. Just guiding a team and, and making sure that you're making the right moves here and there. Not strategy. You don't worry about that with the roster they've had. They can figure that stuff out. But how do you deploy that strategy and how do you use that those guys and when do you use a certain guy? I think this year when he says he has to coach, you got to manage still, but not as much because you don't have as many egos right now. <laughs> you yep. don't have as many sure. egos. Yep. But, but you... But when you say when he says I have to coach, 
he's saying literally that, yeah, strategically, it's going to be more of a challenge. And there will be times when he's already said, you know, yeah, we're going to play, mix it up a little bit. You'll see some, uh, a lot more ball than you, than you used to see with Steve. And, I mean, in fact, I think D'Angelo, when they got him in, and follow me along here, but I see D'Angelo as a guy whose offensive game is a little bit like Kevin's, uh, Kevin Durant's offensive game. He can get his own shot. Yep. Uh, he can pick you off the dribble. Uh, he can shoot the mid-range. He can shoot the three. He can be a guy that, that can really play pick and roll, AD did. Uh, but when Clay comes back, who's going to be your small forward? Clay yep. Thompson. Yep. And they're going to have staff at the one, DeAndre at the two, and Clay at the three. And if those guys go, if, if Clay comes back, say, in March, and the Warriors are, you know, at a five, six, seven seed, uh, they're going to be a tough out. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. going to be a tough out. So, uh, but, but in the meantime, uh, with so many young players and so many new players, yeah, it's a challenge to see. It, Steve's system won't be recognizable very often this year, I don't think. It can't be. Right. It's one thing you have a lot, a lot of high IQ guys who've been doing it for a while. They know where each other's going to be. They know how each other's going to play. Uh, it, it, they just could, like, I don't want to say a push button, but he knew what he had, and the players knew what they had in each other. This is different now. Of course. So, uh, yeah, I think you have to see how this season plays out before you conclude, wow, Steve Kerr is you know the best coach we've seen since you know, Abe Chapperstein, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's, 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 yeah, he's a, he's a great manager. We saw that, but now it's about coaching and it's a little bit different job. And so we'll see. You know what I love about that answer? Um, I love what it illustrates about Steve Kerr's personality that he would say after the type of success, the accolades I just listed off, right? And then you go and talk to him. If anybody wanted to be pompous, if anybody wanted to, to just toot their own horn, no one would have been more justified in doing so than Steve Kerr at that moment. And instead what he said was, this year I'll actually have to coach. You know, he, he literally hedged against his own success with humor and self-deprecation. Yeah. I just, I love that. You know, it just makes, it, it strengthens what we already knew about Kerr, but it's not something you could just throw away. That's a really cool personality trait. Um, Chase Center, Monty. So, yeah, you know, it's the difference between managing and coaching. And so it's, I bet you, you saw that we've seen him manage and do that very well. But coaching is a little bit different, and it's a little bit more intensive and a lot more, um, I guess, a lot more involved with the different people you have to deal with because a lot of there's a lot of newness now. Of course. Well, geez, and he lost his, his main confidant. I mean, Ron Adams is still on the team, but he's taking a back seat, right? He's no longer the actual defensive coordinator. So right when they need Kerr to coach even more than he generally did, he's losing the main guy who created the modern-day defense, the side of the ball they need the most help with. Yeah, I mean, the, the roster, the, 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 uh, the staff, I think Steve and, and Ron have both kind of implied to me that they think Jaron is ready to handle that role. Um, you know, he's worked a lot with Ron, and, and they think that, uh, you know, Ron's, Ron's not going away. He just won't be traveling as much. I mean, he's with him in L.A. right now. He'll be with him uh, on the road part-time. He will he can choose his spots on the road. He'll be at the home games. So, but his job is basically right now to get guys ready to play their best. And I don't mean guys like Draymond and Steph. <laughs> I mean yeah, the right. other guys. Sure, of course. He's working a lot right now with Marquise Chris, so. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I think the 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 honesty and and self awareness that makes Steve Kerr such a good manager and a and a relatable coach will hopefully translate into him being a good 
X's and O's coach too. Like I think the way he relates to players, um, you know, it's it, it'll go beyond just being a, a game manager. So I think yep. that same strength that he used to say, well, this is the first time I have to coach and that coming off is something that is a, a, you know, a cool quality about him will be the same thing that he takes into being a better coach. And we all know he's not the strongest or hasn't been the strongest X's and O's guy, but he needs to lean into that now a little bit more. And he knows that. So I'm excited to see him do that and kind of take the strengths as a manager and, and translate them into being a coach. Yeah, and I believe in him. I mean, I've, I have yeah. been nothing but effusive of praise and I think he's all a fame coach. We'll see it. He's going to have to make some adjustments this year, but yeah. I'll think he'll be able to do it. Uh, here's a question. I was so fired up to ask you. I, I tried to slip it in midway through your last answer, Monty. So my apologies, but chase center, what are your initial impressions, man? I mean, are, has the, and it's too early and how could we know? And it's only preseason, but how is the crowd? What are your thoughts? I mean, give us some takes here. It's a, it's a beautiful building. It is, uh, I don't want to say spectacular, but it's really nice. And, and in some parts, in some ways, I think they went over the top. I mean, I, I think it's that whole, uh, the, the lower suites there, 32 lower suites there that uh, go for $2 million per season. I mean, those things, they, come on. <laughs> 50K per game, you know. And, you know, you, you know, you have your own wine cellar and your own butler. Okay, well, yeah, we're not, we're not in Oakland anymore. Are we? No, <laughs> no um, they didn't have those at the Coliseum, strangely enough. No. Yeah. Uh, so, so that part of it, I, you know, I, I, hey, it's, it's Joe and Peter's dream, and this is the way they visualize it, and it didn't what they want. But I am really uncertain about how the fans will impact games there. I will say the building is built to be loud. Yep. You know, it's, it's – those upper tier seats are very, very vertical, yeah. <laughs> and they, you go, if you go up there, you'll see coming down, and you can get vertical coming down. It's but it's built, it's built to hold noise, so that'll help. But I don't know if you've noticed yet or not. But watch what happened at halftime of games, and those those lower tier suites there, the ones that have the very fancy seats that face the court. At halftime, those things empty out, and it's weird to see. Entire sections all the way around the arena, like ten percent filled, <laughs> and not everybody goes to the bathroom in the arena. But in that, in those areas, almost everybody goes underground to a little private area there. Well, they're probably going to their and, wine cellar too, right? I mean, if you have oh, yeah. a wine cellar, I mean, you got to go down there during yeah. halftime. It is what it is. Yeah, but they stay down there deep into the third quarter. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like looking down there and midway through the third quarter, it's like oh. A few are trickling back, but there's still a lot of empty gray seats down there. Ooh. You know, and there's multiple, you know, six, eight rows of, of seats down there that you may have an entire section with like four people in those seats. Uh, that, uh... And so it's a bad look. It's a bad look. Now, again, maybe this is just preseason stuff. We'll see if it changes in the regular season. But right now, you've got a whole band of seats on a lower bowl that goes sitting empty for, you know, a third of the game. <laughs> and that's, that's, it's hard to get into that when you look down there and you see that, that those expands that wide express it's hard to see. Of course. Well, and I'm not a sound engineer. You guys might be shocked to hear, but I'm still willing to say that a building can be designed to have the greatest acoustics on earth, but you need to have people in there making noise for that sound to reverberate. <laughs> you know, if you've got yep. people dropping $2 million, you know, the, the chances of them losing their mind is pretty goddamn small. Um, so, you know, I, and, and I should say, and you've already hedged it, 
early. This is preseason. We don't know. Right. You know, you know, maybe this whole thing is going to flip. But uh, the scene you just described does not leave me uh, incredibly optimistic. Yeah, and you could have. They could have also like designed it too well, right? Like if you give people too many options to enjoy other parts besides the product on the court. Santa Clara, right? All it's the Niners. Yeah, like why why would I leave my wine cellar if there is a 70-inch flat screen 4K <laughs> TV right next to it? There you, you go. Know? Like there's, you know, there's less incentive for me to leave and not come back until, like Monty said, the fourth quarter because I'm having a great time with all these luxuries inside That's of right. this. So. Monty, you, you might like this. Uh, Marcus and I are, in fact, season ticket holders, and we did the whole thing where you go down and they show you, like, the fake suite and they, you know, yep. try to recruit you, right? And so that thing culminates. They bring you into a fake suite before they show you the various prices. And Marcus and I asked them before they showed us the seats that we were all going to be sitting at, how much does a uh, courtside seat cost? And the woman looked at me as if I had asked, went to like a Foot Locker and asked to try in a size 35 shoe. She was like, you know, I can tell you that number, but we both know, sir, that you will not be getting that. You know, and it was just like, oh, okay. And then we left with our heads down and she was right. It was what it was. Um, Are you Mr. Google? Are you Mr. Apple? Yeah, that's yeah. literally, that's exactly, that's exactly right. It's like, I, I have never heard of you. I don't care about you. And I'd appreciate it if you stopped asking me stupid questions. But uh I have some rapid fire questions here for you, all right? So what I want you to do, hear the question, then fire off the first answer that comes to mind. Here's my first. Over under five years, how long will D'Angelo Russell be on the roster, or on this roster? Do you take the over or the under? Under. Over under five years, how long before the yep. Warriors reach the finals again? Ooh. Uh... I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, because 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 uh, I, Joe Lake is nothing if not ambitious, and you know you already know he has an eye on Giannis. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, if there's a great free agent out there, he's gonna go after him. And as much as Giannis loves Milwaukee, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's there. So. We will see. I, I think the Warriors will make whatever moves they have to make to be not just competitive but contending. And I think I think they get there at least once more while Steph is still playing. And that leads perfectly into this. Then over under two, how many more titles does Steph win in a Golden State uniform? One. All right. Here's an interesting one. Which of these names will be the last person in Golden State? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, D'Angelo Russell, Steve Kerr. Hmm, that's an interesting one. So you mean the players as players? Yeah, they're, they're exactly okay. right. Um, in their current yeah, okay. roles. Right. Okay. Um, wow. I'm leaning. I'm trying to figure out between Steph and Clay, and and Clay's a you know a couple years younger. Um. Oof. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Steph. How come? I think he's gonna play the entire career here. I love it. I, I don't I, think Steph's gonna go back to Charlotte and play, you know, to end his career at quote unquote home. Yeah. Uh, he and Aisha have adopted the Bay Area, and so, uh, yeah, you know, I. I, I I think Steph is going to play his entire career with one team, and that's the Warriors. <laughs> 
there's a, uh, a single tear of joy streaming down my left cheek, I'll have you know, um, which leads to my final question. It's a good news, bad news scenario. Bad news, you, my friend, have to travel across country in a car. Pain in the ass, you gotta drive all the way to New York, all the way back, nobody likes it, no one's looking forward to it. Good news, you get to pick someone to drive with you throughout the trip, and you get to pick from the universe of the NBA, either uh, current players or retired players. Who would you pick and why? Um, current players or retired players? Huh. Or any member. I mean, yeah, it could be anybody. It could yeah. be free, you know, somebody right. from the front office, anybody you want. Right. Uh, I, I got two people come to mind immediately, but let me, make, let me expand my field here. Um, <laughs> and well, I'll tell you, the two that come to mind immediately are Andre Iguodala and Greg Popovich. Hmm. Um, they Take both me. have a lot to say about a lot of different things, and they both are good conversationalists. They challenge you with their conversation. Um, they also illuminate you with their conversation. Um, so there's there's that enlightening aspect that I like to have. I like to learn stuff and 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 just you know challenge people the other way too. Um, so those two come to mind immediately. Now, if I had to look beyond that. Um, Give me a warrior. Past or present. Okay. Past or present warrior. Uh, um, I would love to have gone across country with Will Chamberlain when he was alive. Just because, you know? I mean, you know, you know put away the 20,000 women that he says. That's know, what we I, were all thinking. I'm glad you said that, Mont. I mean, we were all kind of silently thinking that. It's good that you addressed it. I mean, it's really important that you address that. I mean, yeah. Will, Will, Will was like, you know, I mean, he was the NBA's temp. You know? <laughs> and I've heard stories, you know, so I don't, the 20,000 I don't know about, but I've heard stories that yeah. Will had him coming, you know. He had him coming. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually, I actually knew a girl who dated Wilt, um, a woman who dated Wilt, and and she, you know, she used to always call me and and complain when he thought she thought he wasn't getting a fair shake on stuff. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I just think that dude, because he had a huge ego, but he could back up most of what he had to say, and so he um, just that didn't do most of the driving because he'll drive and talk. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'll get some gig. I'll laugh at times. You know, I'll nod my head at times. I'll roll my eyes at times. You know, but it'll be a fun trip. I'm going to say Will Chamberlain, and and then I, I guess you got to say uh, Pop and, and and Andre have to be runners up. Here's what I'll say. I don't know exactly how long we've been doing this show. I, I think it's I don't know six seven years. I'm I'm not positive. I am positive that the line Wilt was the NBA's pimp is one of my favorite of all time. <laughs> There's just just no question about that at all. And I'm also positive I'm not the only one who enjoyed it. For people out there who mysteriously don't know how to get more Monty Pool in their life, where should they go, man? You can find me on Twitter at Monty Pool. NBCS. Uh, I'm at NBC Sports on the website. I am on TV. I am on our My Teams app, which is uh, people seem to really like it because you get constant, you get updates daily, multiple updates about your team. Uh, in this case, any Bay Area team for us, but you also have the, uh, the teams that are around in various regions: Portland, you know, Philadelphia, and, and beyond, Chicago. So. Um, 
for example, on my phone, on my iTunes apps, I follow all our NBA teams that, that our regionals cover, meaning the Blazers, Bulls, the Sixers, the Wizards, the Celtics. Uh, and so, I'm missing one. I think that's it. But um, I, I also cut. I also follow all of the local teams beyond basketball, meaning the A's and Giants, the Niners and Raiders, sure. the Sharks. I follow the Kings. Uh, so these are all the Kings. So yeah, it, it's these are all places where you can find me. Trust me. I not only follow you on Twitter, uh, which, by the way, I love your political takes in addition to the sports stuff, um, but I am all over the My Teams app and can tell you personally, if you are not already on that and you like the Warriors enough to listen to this podcast, make sure you get that app. Wandy, thank you, man. Um, you know how much yes, I enjoy you. You know how much we love having you on. Uh, hopefully we can do this again soon, man. Go Warriors. Absolutely, man. Take care of yourself and we'll see you soon. Perfect. Yeah. Take it easy. Thanks, Wandy. Monte is the man, always the man, love having him on. And this next segment, I'm fired up for too. Um, fired up and apprehensive about. So Maddie Stats is finally coming in, boys. We're going to find out how we did. I'm hopefully also going to find out that I dominated Monte, that I beat your guys' asses. But I seem to remember thinking that the Warriors were going to win it all last year. So <laughs> I'm not sure how these predictions will go. In fact, if this podcast just suddenly stops right now, it's because the predictions didn't go the way I wanted it to and we deleted everything. But before we called Mighty Stats, I wanted to hit a, a quick pause because we have expanded our soundboard, yeah? Yeah, quite dramatically. Hell yes, I am fired up for these things and I thought maybe we'd use a couple of them during uh, the Maddie Stats segment. So let's introduce a couple. Here's my favorite. You may recognize this noise from the Princess Bride. <laughs> nice. Just so great. We have a couple of other ones. We got a, a depressing noise for The Price is Wrong. And a little King, King Kong. Kong. See, we've got a lot of takes here. Boys, do you have one that you are hoping to use at some point before this season's over? I mean, kind of like calling your shot like a Babe Ruth point to left field. Hey, I'm pointing left field with the Kawhi laugh. It's still my favorite. You've already used it. <laughs> still calling the shot. You've already used it, man. Yeah. Maxine, do you I have any stated goals here? I was close to using this one a little bit earlier in the Monte bit, but we hadn't introduced it yet. So, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> exactly right. Um, my goal will most likely be this. Mountain Mahas. <laughs> because it's Dikembe, and who doesn't need more Dikembe in their life? Mountain He's going to do it again. How do you like that? So... Uh, quick reminder, if you hear one of these noises, it's because we have triggered the soundboard. Also, we love your guys' opinions. We need your guys' opinions. We're asking for your guys' opinions. If there is a noise we should have on this board that we have not yet included, reach out to us and let us know, uh, warriorshuddle.gmail.com or at warriorshuddle. All right, boys, with that in mind, let's turn to Maddie's stats and uh, get some of these results. Office. <laughs> uh, we're hoping to speak to Maddie Stats, please. Okay, please hold. Did this fool just put us on hold? Wow. Right to his head. Hi, this is Maddie Stats. Unbelievable, <laughs> Maddie Stats. Uh, so look, amazing. I'm fired up to have you. We we've set up the whole thing, and again, we'll explain to the audience naturally how important you are to the show and who the hell you are. But really, you have an assistant and hold music before you even get on the phone. Well, I mean, it's been a little while. I got pushed about I don't know, like 40 minutes. So I had to keep busy. <laughs> 
she <laughs> answered the phone, Maddie Stats office. I mean, That's amazing. Oh yeah. Did you keep busy by lying to your assistant and telling her to pick up the phone as Maddie Stats office, or did you go out there and like hire a homeless person to play that role? How did you occupy this extra time? Um, just sitting in my office saying, like, when you see either a, uh, a Bay Area number or an unknown, remember my nickname. <laughs> well, it was nicely played for those of you. <laughs> Maddie, I'm not sure if you can hear that or if you knew. We now have a soundboard and apparently. Oh, you... I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Let me go ahead and give my own sound reaction to the uh, newest edition of Maddie's Stats. <laughs> But with that in mind, let me remind the audience who, uh, who may not know how important you are. We, like almost every other podcast out there, drop a ton of predictions on this show. Who's going to win the championship? Who's going to make the playoffs? Who will be the MVP? All the type of crap you hear everywhere. But what distinguishes us is that unlike many shows, we actually hold ourselves accountable. And the only reason we are capable of doing that is through the skill set, through the talent, through the... Uh, the man that is Matty Stats, who we finally have on the line. Matty keeps track of all of our predictions, tracks down their answers, and then literally comes on and lets us know how we've done. And apparently, he's been able to use that to elevate himself to amazing success. Congratulations, Matty. Thank you. Thank you. I actually don't have a day job. I just have an office for the WeWorks <laughs> that I uh, use and bring people in so that they can answer the phone. <laughs> exactly right. 99% of the time, the person's like, who? But in this case, we were amazed. There's no doubt about it. Um, before we start breaking down the results of the predictions, give us a sense of your process, man. How much of a pain in the ass is this? How do you do this? How do you give us the ultimate results? So... I, I'm a, an avid listener. I appreciate, appreciate the work you guys are putting in. Being a Bay Area transplant down in Los Angeles, it's like having friends to talk about the Warriors with, even though you guys aren't listening to me most of the time. Um, <laughs> no, we do. Then, we listen to you. <laughs> but we do. So I go, I go through, listen to all the podcasts, write down all the silly questions, um, and then after the fact, go through, look up the answers if they're findable. Sometimes random questions like, how many clipboards is Steve Kerr going to break? I don't know what goes on in the locker room. Three. I'm not one of the beat reporters. Three. <laughs> Three clipboards. So those are harder questions to answer. So some of those I just kind of got to skirt by. But otherwise, I just dig in on the websites, look up the stats, look at the the different play patterns when you're talking about Steph and his rotations. So, you know, dig in, but uh, it makes me a better fan. Um, and I know it, it makes you guys have to uh, really think about your answers because you know one day uh, stats are going to come for you. I, let's just say that I've been very, very intimidated about this in particular stats coming for me. I don't think I did phenomenally well, but who knows? You may have listened to the podcast where I told Bonte I was going to dominate him. Hopefully you caught my text immediately afterwards that said, cook the books and make sure I win. Did, <laughs> did you get that or... Oh, yeah. And numbers can tell a lot of different stories. So, you know, I got your back, Bram. Just make sure it doesn't tell the story. Bram doesn't know shit. That's, that's an important story that we keep off of this. Uh, we have waited long enough. There's a lot of questions I want to ask you. So let's jump in and let's start here. The show has... A number of beat writers who come in, radio personalities, people who follow the team. So we have some experts, guys who get paid to talk about the team. I want to chase them down first before I ask the question. Marcus, Maxime, boys, I'm viewing this as a betting extravaganza. Each one of these questions provides me an opportunity to make money off of either of you. Keep that in mind. Here's our first question. Maddie, who answered more predictions right last year? 
Mark Medina, at that point, the beat writer for uh, the Bay Area News Group, and then Connor Letourneau, the beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. Mark has since gone on and is now writing for USA Today. My money, gentlemen, is on Connor. In fact, I got $20 that says Connor beat out Mark. Either of you want to take me up on this? No. Hey, why are you starting off with $20? I don't even know how many questions you have on that piece of paper. But I agree. I think Connor wins. Maxime? Yeah, I can't go against somebody that defaces murals, man. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to have no conflict on a question. Fantastic. We all agree. Maddie, it goes to you. Who wins? Connor. So you guys are smart people. You listen to the questions. Um, but just a little bit of, uh, on those notes, the different reporters had different levels of questions they got asked. Some got asked in the 30s. Some got asked in the teens. And some even less than that. Mark had very few opportunities um, to answer questions. Um, and he took those opportunities and, and used them very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so he shit the bed on only a few occasions. We hear yeah. what you are saying. Put the spray paint down, Mark. And <laughs> answer some more questions. He just, yeah, he just found a LeBron mural and wrote, I know nothing. Uh, let's find out whether or not Mark, I mean, we got to hope he doesn't listen to this episode because it's gone ugly for him so far. Medina versus Bonte Hill. We asked Bonte. He thought that he would beat out Mark only because I've, I've developed a blood feud with Bonte. I'm going to back Mark. I've got the mural defacer. I've got $10 that says Mark beats out Bonte. Boys, where are you at? I'll put 10 on Bonte. Maxime? Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right. Maddie, win me some money. So you're betting, wait, just, just so we can settle this up, are you betting both of them and win $20, or are they going to split the bet and pay you each $5? Excellent question. Stop fighting, through, win. stop fighting through ambiguity. I'm trying to create something that I could take advantage of. It is two separate bets. I have $20 on the line. They each have 10 Who comes away with it? Oh, it was, it was Bonte. Oh! You probably could have guessed that I probably wouldn't have made that bet given how I talked about Mark in the previous question but you had to because of your blood feud you're loyal to blood feud can we add a sound on this board that says fuck you Matty Stats is, is there one of those on here or this next question if you want I can get my assistant to record it for you <laughs> um, apparently you are not familiar with the most important rule don't be funnier than the host Matt you need to rein it in a little bit buddy how about the uh, the final question? Um, the one, in fact, I think Bonte may have backed off of, but now we've got Bonte v. Connor for the highest of the people uh, who cover this team for a living. I've been dictating the bet, so I'll pass it to you guys. Boys, who do you think wins this? I'll put 10 on defending the champion, Bonte. Yeah, I'm right there with that one, too. I'm going to age in this case is a boon. I'm making my money back. I got 10 on both of them. Get me back to even, Maddie Stats. Bonte v. Connor. Who oh, won? Bonte, the reporter champion. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, this does not bode very well for me, and it leads into this next question I'm now terrified of. Bonte and I have our own individual bet. If he is the reporter champion, and I know how my own guess went, I'm probably hedging towards a failure here, but that is what it is. So the question is, did I, Bram, have a higher percentage on my predictions than Bonte? Before we get the answer to that, Maddie, am I right in assuming I have way more predictions than Bonte does? Yeah, I mean, you, he answered a total of 30 questions, and you answered a total of 60 questions. All right, so twice as many. 
I mean, I got to bet on myself. <laughs> but we know, like, just the way that these numbers have gone, I'm going to go ahead and not put a whole lot of money on this. I've got $5 on Bram and then a, a ton, a ton of pride. Either of you boys want to take me up on that five? I'll take you up on it, but I kind of think you might have won. Oh, let's go. Yeah. You are now my favorite person on this show. <laughs> Maddie, give me something to be proud of. Bram V. Bonte, who won? You should be proud that you convinced Marcus to make a bad choice because <laughs> Bonte beat you. <laughs> I should be proud of how much I hate you after you suck me in with that stupid answer. We need that Maddie sound as fast as we can get it. Things are not looking good for me, boys. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to call Bonte the champ from here on out. Let's transition. Let's tackle this as a team. Um, Matt, have you been able to figure out an overall percentage for the huddle? I have. Okay. I mean, for everybody on the huddle itself? Everybody on the huddle itself, but then also combined, all three of our percentages together. Do you have a sense of that? I do have that number right this second, but I can figure it out quickly as we move to some of the next questions. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll keep it in mind. We'll return to it. While Matt is doing the math, the question we will ultimately answer is, over under for the huddle 50 percent right what do you guys think matt will give us the answer down the line but what's your answer now combined combined all three of us let's say over slightly over nice name wow i'm going under <laughs> not gonna lie i mean the whole warriors not winning the championship thing definitely knocked us down yeah. did you guys want to place a wager at all or do i have to force you into this i am suddenly like will chamberlain i'm the pimp of this in particular <laughs> segment would you guys like to to bet on that or keep it with no stakes no stakes but don't we have essentially three chances to get it right if we're combined huddle percentage right well it's only going to be one answer and then all of our overall the overall percentage all of the predictions we've all given is 50 percent or have we gotten 50 percent of those right or less than 50 percent of those right yeah Yeah. i still think over i'll say over as well have we vamped long enough to uh let you do that math maddie or should we come back to it Yes, you hit the over on 50%. Oh, let's go. I feel like I won either way with that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you feel wrong. Which leads to the big breakdown. Bram v. Maxime v. Marcus. Um, I mean, my numbers have been pretty bad so far. I'm already looking up at Bonte, but I still think I'm better than you boys. I will bet on me. Am I right in assuming you guys are all betting on yourselves? Oh, yeah. I'll put five on me. I got five on it. Without a doubt. Okay. Maddie. Who had the highest percentage? You're Maxine. You don't want to bet on someone else. Wow! Out of boy, Maddie. Who is the highest percentage of the huddle winners? Yep. Drum roll. Do you have that sound effect on the board yet? We got this one. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> no, we don't have a drum roll. Unfortunately, there's a chance. But it's for only one member of the of the huddle podcast. And it is the man who is the tallest, the man with the voice filter that makes him sound like he's a model. It's Marcus. (laughs) And that's how I'd like to be referred to from now on. Which one of those? The longest title of all time? Yeah, in fact, can we borrow your assistant and she can answer it? This is the office of the tallest, the voice filter, and the guy who has the highest percentage on the huddle. I will never call you that. I'll let you know that right now. And we are cutting this segment from the show immediately. It's voice of a motto thank you (laughs) but there's a caveat he was the huddle winner 
for people who answered over 10 questions. Because going all the way back to last August, the true huddle winner with the highest percentage was the man behind the glass who's no longer behind the glass, Scott. <laughs> he had almost no questions, but he got lots of them right. He's like the opposite of Mark Medina. It's amazing, man. Right when I thought you couldn't say something that upset me more, you have been able to hit like bottom floor on upsetting Bram. This Scott is the was... exact segment I didn't want to record. We should just dump out on all of this as fast as Scott we was four for five, just nailing <laughs> predictions. Left right. What kind of answers did Scotty give? Do you have any of those in front of you? Oh, yeah. Um, so he was there to answer. This one was a good one. Uh, in early August, he predicted that it is jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite predictions uh, that Jonas Yurebko, did I say that right? Yeah. Um, was going to make more three pointers than Draymond Green or Demarcus Cousins <laughs> during the regular season. <laughs> and that was before he was in any rotation. Right. He just signed him. It wasn't. It wasn't like he knew. Anything other than he didn't think Draymond was going to do it. That's because Scott wanted to trade both Draymond and DeMarcus probably at some point. Who cares why? <laughs> Who cares why? Uh, this is my least favorite segment we've ever done. I mean, uh, yeah. now there's going to be, if you hear the sound of Bram crying, that's not from the soundboard. That's just from me finally breaking down. Um, we are going to be guessing, Maddie, who had the lowest percentage of everyone who's dropped predictions on the show. We're also going to be guessing who had the highest percentage of everyone who's been dropping them. But first, we need a, lay, or a list of the participants, of all the people you've been tracking. So who has given us predictions on the show? And then the first thing, boys, we're going to guess who has the lowest percentage. Who are our, uh, our pool? Who's the field of participants? We've got Bram. Marcus, Bonte, Connor, Maxime, Sarah, Scott, Drew, Mark Medina, and Rusty Simmons. Drew Schiller. Um, I will... I'm going to take a shot at the outsider. Drew Schiller as the lowest percentage of predictions right. I've got, how much are you boys now? Like $4,000? <laughs> 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 I'll, 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 I'll give you an update. You owe Marcus $30 and you owe Maxime $20. Yeah. Maddie stats. Beans. Sorry, beans. Beans. Just coming through with the stats for you, Brad. <laughs> this is unbelievable. You deserve two assistants, Maddie. I am very impressed. I put 20 on Drew. I'm going to go with my... Twitter frenemy Sarah Todd. <laughs> okay. Hope you're listening, Sarah. I'll check out your Twitter later. But um, I'm yeah, I think at she's you. The, exactly. I think she was the lowest. Is it like completely out of line to bet on myself here? <laughs> no, not at all. Not. Just not at all. Good for you. I really appreciate you. I was drunk through like half of those prediction episodes, so I don't even remember what was said. And uh, at a certain point, you know, it was the last one. I had to say something different. I'm feeling a little bit concerned about what's happening here, especially after that Maddie Stats comment. I think they call that. Owning the narrative, Maddie, <laughs> the microphone goes to you. Who, in fact, had the lowest percentage? Bram, you finally got one right. It was your boy, Drew. Let's oh, go. Nice. May I share the percentage? Are we saving that for later? <laughs> go, go ahead and share it. And With a whopping 0%. <laughs> 
0 for 5. True. <laughs> Got to get you back on. <laughs> Redeem yourself. <laughs> I mean, we have to get him back on to get another five wrong answers. I'm not sure we need to kill ourselves to make sure. To, I mean, unless we wanted to do like a reverse Back to the Future tune, we just bet against what he's going to say or something. But fair enough. Zero percent. Jesus. Um, Thank God. <laughs> Maxime, at least we'll always have the moment on the show when you lost all confidence in yourself. At least we'll always be able to find your rock bottom, sir. And good for you for finding it here. Uh, that brings us to the other side of the coin. The highest percentage, our champion this year. We know it's not Drew Schiller. We also know it is not me, given the way this thing is, is shaped down. Um, so just based on uh, deduction, it could be Marcus, it could be Bonte. That leaves Connors out because he lost to Bonte, right? We know it's not Mark. Um, and that also leaves Sarah out there. So of our playing field, who do you guys think got the highest? Jesus, I'm, I'm locked in like a no-win scenario here. I don't think it was Sarah, but I'm sure as hell not going to guess Marcus. And I've already said, fuck you to Bonte like eight times. So my guess has already kind of been dictated. Sarah is me and you, buddy. Let's do this. We're riding till we die. Nice. I got to bet on myself. I'm going to go me. Oh, that's great, because I'm, I'm with Bonte all the way. <laughs> you should have bet on yourself just to get full circle. <laughs> Maddie, back to you. And the winner is, I'll make my own drum roll. Marcus, with 57%. Oh, my God. He said 54? It's 57, he 57. said. 57. You heard what he said. Nice. I didn't. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. This is your victory Congratulations. speech. Congratulations. Anything you'd like to say, now's the time. Um, as... <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Nice. No, it's all good. Um, I expect this win to come with a suite that comes with a wine cellar, <laughs> courtesy of the Huddle Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> apparently you're not too familiar on the budget on this show. You're lucky we have microphones that actually capture sound, buddy, but we will start working on that. Um, those were essentially the questions I wanted to ask you. Also, I'm just fighting back I have a question. here. Can we get the full positions, like who came in second, who came all the way down? For sure. So it goes with first place with 57% was Marcus. Second place with 56% was Bonte. Ooh. Third place with 53%. Uh, if you round up and then we're being nice, 54% was Connor. Um, fifth place was Bram with 52%. Over 50%. Uh, Sarah <laughs> came in sixth with, with 50%. Um, Scott, I mean, was the ultimate champion with his eight. Um, it was actually four out of five. You guessed it right on the nose. Nice. Uh, Maxime. Maxime came in at seventh with 25%. Um, and Mark Medina came in uh, oh, eighth with 20%. And then Drew Schiller with 0%. You need to send a note and like a gift basket to Mark and to Drew Schiller today. Just today. Some like nice spray paint for Mark, you know, some correct answers for Drew, whatever you think you can send them out there. I'm going straight to the top this year. I don't know what you're talking about. Know that I didn't ask for the full standards because I was terrified of being low for yourself, Maxime, in your first season of betting next year, only up. Only up. Exactly right. I'm lulling everybody into a false sense of security. If you are able to get below 25%, I'm not sure it'll be a third season, buddy. You've got to get these numbers up, up, 
up, which leads but to the... But he brings other things to the podcast. I remember last year, uh, you were introducing Marcus to what Skype was for the first time, so this call was a lot more complicated, and this year, it's just feeling a lot smoother. I'm sure it's going to sound a lot better once I listen back. Um, Maxine, can you put like a slightly shorter version of the Marcus voice filter for me? Uh, that would be, I'd, I'd appreciate that, and then next year, your numbers are going to look a lot better automatically. Oh, well, I mean, if, if you'd like, we can ask the obvious question, who is the worst sound producer on the show throughout the year Marcus a thousand times Marcus so you can get off your high horse 57 oh every dollar I have every dollar I was too busy getting predictions right sorry shut up just just be happy you don't have to be pompous it is what it is the uh, the next ones I wanted and this is an idea that came from Maddie um, I believe he's identified some of the most outlandish, some of the worst takes, and some of the best predictions. He's going to give us a few of those, and then we get to guess who made those calls. Uh, I'm going to be guessing Drew Schiller through most of them, but we'll find out <laughs> together. Maddie, I'll turn it back to you. All right, so uh, one of the – I'll start with dumb because everybody loves dumb predictions. Um, who will be the next Golden State player or coach, Golden State Warriors player or coach, uh, to get a technical following um, after February 18th, 2019. Um, someone uh, surprisingly chose Mike Brown to get that technical. Um, who made that prediction? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to guess the exact same thing. This fool I, I know why I didn't get 60%. Overthought it. I'm guessing Marcus as well. <laughs> Can't bet against the man better against himself. He's, I mean, you should have seen the slow look of realization hit Marcus's face as you described it. So it seems like it's probably him. Is it? Yeah, it was. It was Marcus. So... At Everybody time, else picked Draymond, right. and we're correct with that answer. It felt right. It felt right. Mike Brown. Is just... Dude, you sure he got 57%, man? I mean, I'd like to, I'm going to call for a recount, dude. Let's, uh, let's dig back into this. What's the next worst prediction? Uh, next worst prediction, um, there was a, a scenario that was laid out in one of your fun scenario segments, um, and it was asked who you would bring into a zombie apocalypse. And someone on the podcast chose Maxime. Maxime, 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 is that what the show is about? <laughs> okay. Well, at least we know. It's like wearing one of those really heavy character backpacks while you try to run from people who are trying to eat you. So it's not. It's never going to be the right answer. It doesn't no matter make when any sense. Hits. It's like picking someone to win a race and you pick the slowest person. It does not make any sense. My God. All I can say is when we actually do get to the zombie apocalypse, I'm predicting right now I'm beating both of your asses with Muggsy Bugs. Yeah. So. You have a 25% prediction rate, guy. <laughs> Nobody thinks you're right about that. <laughs> What's the next prediction that's worth highlighting, Matty? So this one, this one we kind of hinted out a little bit uh, earlier in the podcast, but one of the members uh, in a long-term bet, um, which the question was, who will be the first core warrior to leave the Warriors? Um, and we all know how that all played out with KD leaving this offseason. Um, but one of you predicted Draymond Green. Who was that member of the podcast? I think it was Bram. I think you had heard a story and you were like, you were all in on Draymond 
getting traded. I, I can tell you that I did hear a story, and I was all in on Draymond <laughs> getting traded. I hope to God it's not me, because retrospectively, that sounds terrible. So I'm not going to guess me. I'm going to try to hedge myself out. I will say Maxime yeah, said that. I'm pretty sure it was me. I came in real depressed. Uh, I thought it was already a done deal. Um so here we are with that one. It was, <laughs> it was actually a trick question. It was Scott. Oh! We brought it up back then. He want, I mean, the man who wanted to get rid of the core from day one, trading Clay, <laughs> trading Draymond. So it makes sense that he would target one of them to go. But uh, but we know, no, they're all locked up for, for the next couple of years. So Thank that's God. exciting to look forward to. Thank God that was the one he got wrong. That was that's literally the only <laughs> question he got wrong. <laughs> and meanwhile, Maddie, you somehow managed to help me dig myself a deeper hole. (laughs) (laughs) Only predictions you didn't even make. (laughs) In related news, Maxime is just drinking heavily now. I don't even know that he brought alcohol to the show, but he did, and good for him. Where should we turn from here, man? Good planning, Maxime. (laughs) Well, I just had one, some other settle up. That I thought would uh, would be on some long term bets because sometimes you guys uh, make some bets that I'm going to be tracking till I'm well into retirement. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of them came up between you and Bonte, and it was who was going to have a better record during the 2018-2019 season between the 49ers and the Raiders, and this was for 50 beans, <laughs> so pretty big bet. And the answer to that was they were both tied. terrible teams yeah, and tied tie. with four wins. Yeah, that's, so that's it was a push. Right. So then my question is, do you roll the bet over to this season, knowing the Niners are already 5-0 and and stay with your Raiders, Bram? Uh, Raiders ain't staying with you in Oakland. But Or do you guys just go out to a nice dinner and just split it and like share a glass of wine and hang out? Did you not hear when I used the phrase blood feud? I'm not going out to dinner, man. Like, what are you talking about? Also, just in order, they're no longer my Raiders. I don't live in Las Vegas. And what kind of an asshole would accept the bet when they're already 5-0? and so no across the board and also I'd like to say so wiping it out push just yeah an absolute push which okay. sucks exceptionally because I thought I had one last chance to come out as a victor in one of these independent bets <laughs> nope a tie is all I got so another loss for the Brammer yes that's what I refer to myself don't you worry but, about that Maddie Stats likes that you refer to yourself as the Brammer. So, <laughs> so does his assistant. To one last thing I wanted to point out, and this one's for you, Bram, because uh, you are a somewhat good person who puts on this podcast every week so we can listen. So I wanted to throw you a bone right somewhat, at the Somewhat, thank you for that. And at the beginning of the season, uh, in the nine, in the September and early October podcast, you guys did a split podcast that had 30 questions in it that was the biggest of all your prediction podcasts. And ahead of that podcast, there was a bet made for a Connect Four Tournament Edition playset. Um, and in that, so I tabulated that separately outside of the overall standings, and that was just between Bram, Marcus, and Bonte. And the winner of that, do they want to put some money down, put some bets down? Yes. Give in my setup? Yes, Bram. Bram 100%. Bram 100%. I don't know. Check whatever. What do I owe Marcus right now? Uh, 20. Uh, right now, you owe Marcus zero dollars. Oh, because you didn't bet on the final answer and you bet 20 um, on the who was the worst and you won that uh, with uh, Schiller. So you guys are even right now. Well, then I bet you 20 bucks that I am the winner of that. Uh, of that in particular mini contest. 
can we just remind people who may not remember what the hell the Connect Four contest is? <laughs> he just told you it was a, it was a prediction uh, podcast. It was we a had, prize. Yeah, it was a specific podcast. Don't get distracted by the prize that was going to be given out. What he's saying is we had one pod. During that pod, we answered 30 prediction questions, oh, narrowing okay, okay, this okay. contest to those 30 prediction questions alone. Who won between me, you, and Bonte? I'll give you a spoiler. It's me, and I've got $20 on it. What do you think? Am I wrong? I think it was Bonte. <laughs> oh, you are. Marcus, I'll give you your winning percentage, if that helps, if you want to get more confident. Uh, yeah, sure. Six, you got 60% right, Marcus. <laughs> nice. I still think Bonte got 62. <laughs> and I think Bram got 54. <laughs> <You are> unbelievable. <laughs> Who do you think won this? <laughs> Uh, this is so ridiculous. I don't even know. Uh, I'm still going to stick with Bram. Yes, Maxime. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Maddie, what's the answer? Bram won with 74 correct answers in that first podcast. Woo! A preseason master. Let's nice. go. You owe me $20, and you didn't even pick yourself. You lost that twice. Maddie, I take back all the jokes about the F you Maddie sounds. That was just... In good fun, we love you, we thank you. Um, and in fact, let me take this out of a humor context. Uh, this stuff isn't easy, man. I, I know this is a pain in the ass. I know we make predictions. I know we change predictions. I know we pepper you with predictions. The idea that you would do this, it means the world to us. Thank you, man. You know, yeah, thank I mean, you. Honestly, thank, thank you. you. And thank you're also great on the show. So we appreciate you from both contexts. Really appreciate you guys having me on. It, it's a pleasure to get to add to something that brings me a lot of joy in life. Yeah, hell yes. Uh, do you want to say any words for your receptionist or anything like that? Does she have any parting phrases for us here? <laughs> <laughs> no, just I'm real excited about this season. Look forward to hearing you guys talking about it and me talking back to you without you hearing it. There you go. And just it's, it's fun to be in that place where we got an underdog team with still having four all on it so we, we, we got some fun to look forward to and uh, it's, it's nice to have 82 games to really care about well here's some yeah. fun for you a couple of predictions that we can shove up your ass should you get them wrong how many wins next year Maddie will the Warriors have I gotta I gotta be put on the oh <laughs> yeah uh, 49 wins who will be in the Western Conference Finals oh uh, Western Conference Finals. I'm gonna just be an optimist, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be this year's Maxime and just get a bunch wrong. But I'm gonna go with the Warriors and the Clippers. Eastern Conference Finals. I figure I gotta Eastern get you Conference five Final questions Sixers here. Like that's what I'm trying Bucks. to do. Sixers and Bucks. Who is the MVP? Uh, MVP Steph Curry. And our NBA champion will be. The Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I can't take too many shots at those guesses. Let's get back to the platitudes. Maddie, we love you. We appreciate you. We will have you back on soon. Um, and I'm hoping that you got at least four of those five answers wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys, and have a good one. Go Warriors. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah, Matt. Thanks, Talk Maddie. 
Huge fun, you guys. True every week, certainly true this week. You want to reach out to us that our soundboard is terrible, that our guesses were bad, that Maxime actually is a lot better than 25%. Anything you want to say, we will hear it at warriorshuddle at uh, gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at warriorshuddle. We are on Patreon. We are on Big Heads Media. We are all over the place, and we will be back next week. Until then, go Warriors. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.